Okay, so there's um, so a couple of things like I wanted to start learning about this week. So first of all, I, a couple of weeks ago before Slichas, we went through the Indian of, uh, of Maida'ani in the morning. So technically we're up to now uh, Negevasar, to wash your hands. But it's also a Sersimei Tshuva, and so there's like a Yanam in the Siddur to talk about that as well, like a Melcha Kaddish. So I figure we'll do both. We'll find a way, you know, to connect uh, Negevasar and Melcha Kaddish. So it's like this. The Indian of Negevasar... It, it needs a little bit of, of preparation, like to understand what Negel Vasar is. So it might take a day or so, like to just lay down the foundation to then understand what exactly the need of Negel Vasar is. But in halacha, what do we like? Why do we wash our hands in the morning? <coughs> so in halacha, there's basically two two reasons. The Rishonim, it's a famous machlekes in the Rishonim, Rush versus the Rajba. Why there's an why why Negel Vasar bechlal? Why is there need of washing your hands? So one reason, uh, the Rush is because as we talked about by Maida'ani, that throughout the course of the night, when you're asleep, your hands are dirty, physically because it might have touched different parts of your body, and spiritually because there's a tumma that sets in when a person's asleep. And so therefore, says the rush, you're about to start your day, you're about to go to Dav, and you can't Dav with dirty hands, so you have to wash them. So according to the rush, it's, it's, a, it's a practical thing to get your hands clean. Get your hands clean. That's why, according to the rush, it's not. I mean, preferably you use water because water is the best way to clean your, your hands. But uh, in theory, if you don't have uh, if you don't have uh, water to use, then uh, use a napkin. I don't know something uh, else to, to clean your hands with. You know, that's why, according to um, that's why I don't know if you'll notice this. Like some people, let's say before mincha or, or Meyer, whatever it is, they'll they'll wash their hands. Over there, it's it's for the concern of the rush. Maybe throughout the course of the day, your hands have become dirty. So just like by before shachris, you want to make sure your hands are clean. So I want to make sure my hands are clean before mincha too. Do you, do you have to do a whole back and forth three times? No, just the point is to get your hands clean. So you clean your hands. That's the uh, that's the rush. The rajb, on the other hand, says a different approach of why you have to have negavas in the morning before shachris in particular. He says because as you're about to start your day of avodas Hashem with shachris, you know. That's, that's how the day starts. So uh, it's, it's similar, he's, the Rajvah says, to the Kahanim and the Beis HaMikdash. They also, they have Avaidus Hashem and the Beis HaMikdash, so we have an Avaidus Hashem throughout the day. And how would the Kahanim start their day in the Beis HaMikdash? The first thing they would do was to go to the Kiyar, right, the basin, and to wash their hands and feet. That was the way to get in to Avaidus Hashem. Were their hands and feet dirty? It wasn't a matter of dirty, it was just that's, that was the Hachana, that's how they prepared themselves. To work in the base of Migdash. So that's what we do as well. So when you wash your hands, says the Rajva, it's uh, similar to the Kahanim in the base of Migdash, cleaning, you know, not cleaning, but pouring water over their hands and feet as a preparation for the for Avodas Hashem. That's the uh, those are the two opinions, the Rush and the Rajva. <clears throat> okay, so that's in Halacha. What does that tell us in Pinimius? How do we work this out? So it's like this. When a Let's take a step back. I mentioned this again a couple of weeks ago, just to remind us. When a person's asleep, sleeping, the time of sleep is, um, metaphorically speaking, represents uh, a mind where a, a, a state of mind, I guess, where a person doesn't have any clarity at all. There's like no amuna. There's nothing. A person's completely oblivious to the Rabbanu Shalom's existence. Like mamish is completely me, completely down on planet Earth. That's all there is. Nature, teva, you know, statistics. You name it. Mikra, coincidence, you're in the, you know, when a person's asleep, that's the jurisdiction of a malik. A malik is about coincidence, a malik is about the opposite of, of amuna, the opposite of faith. And so that's why a malik, I, I mentioned this in a shir recently, that a malik is also connected with being asleep. So, for example, Haman, who is the 
spokesman for Amalek. So Haman says about Hashem, that Yashinu, that he's asleep, you know. He says about the Jewish people, they're sleeping. From mitzvahs, they're not so into it. Sleeping is connected with Amalek. Amalek brings death to the world. Sleeping is the sixtieth of death. So sleeping means not to have any amun at all. It's nothing. So being awake means to be mechazik once amun. This is why when a person's asleep, again, I think I mentioned this, this is why the hands are, are affected whether they become physically unclean, spiritually unclean, the hands are affected. Your hands are that part of your body that you do things with. That's the part of your body that you might, that is most susceptible to the attack of a Amalek. It's most susceptible to the mistaken philosophy of like, it's all me. Right? That's what the Pasuk warns. Don't make the mistake of that the strength of my own hands you know, uh, gives me success. That's where a Amalek might attack. So a person is asleep, Tumas sets in in the hands, they lose sight of, of Amuna, they don't have Amuna, and they believe in their own hishtadlas and their own efforts, more than efforts, they, they believe in the, that success comes from them. Okay, so now a person's awake. Waking now means Amuna. It's Amuna. But it's like this, there's two levels of Amuna. There's two levels of Amuna. And we'll just start with this for a minute, and then Bez Hashem tomorrow will continue. There's two types of Amuna. There's Amuna that even... I guess you can say, even by the Umasailam, even by the nations of the world, by Gaim, they could have such a level of Amunah. And then there's the higher level, a Jewish Amunah. What does that mean? So the Zara, for example, says that by the Gaim, the Gaim call Hashem the God of all gods. The God of all gods. What does that mean? So there's one level of Amunah, which is the following, and it sounds pretty good, which is that, of course I believe in, in a, I mean, of course, my hands are accomplishing things. Of course, I'm here in the world and I'm supposed to be active and, and, and accomplishing and, that, and all that. But the Rabbanu Shloilam created me. The Rabbanu Shloilam watches over me. The Rabbanu Shloilam gives me, you know, everything I need in order to accomplish. And ultimately, I have a sense of responsibility to him because of that. In other words, this is a level of Amuna where there's very much a me and just there's also a him. And the him, the God that, you know, he created me, and he's, again, on top of me, and I have responsibilities to serve him. This is the level of Amuna, which is called by the Swarm Yehuda Tata, a lower level of unity. It's like, okay, uh, I, I, there's a God watching over me, you know. And Gaim could believe in that too. Gaim do believe in that. That's, there's no question about it. And having such a level of Amuna, again, where there is a me, and, and I'm in control of my own destiny, and I'm in control of the world around me, it's just, I, you know... Who put me here is God, and who's watching me is God, and who's uh, maybe protecting me is God, and who, who do I have to answer to is God. So there's me, and there's him, and I just, you know, he's bigger and stronger than me. The truth is this level of Amuna, it's limited. It, it also might even bring the feeling of that, although God's bigger than me, but in a certain sense, I'm, I'm bigger than him, because he needs me, you know. He created me. Obviously for a reason, which means that without me, there's something missing in him, right? Without me, there's something missing in the world. That means like, so I'm, I'm resp- I've, I have to answer to him, but, uh, you know, but, but I, br- I bring something very significant to the table in, in, in which maybe I'm just as chashev, you know? So there's a certain, yeah, it's like, it's a partnership, really. So I bring something, he brings certainly something. It's a partnership. This is the, this is the level of Amuna that the Muslim are expected to have. That's the level of Amunah that they're expected to have. This is connected to believing in Hashem as a creator. Because that's what it means to be a creator. The Rabbanu Hashem created the world, Anu, and now there's us, just 
shkayach for creating us, and you, you continue to help out. And again, we have a responsibility back to you, but you have a responsibility to us. And so that, that's, that's an even playing field. That's called Yuchlitata, the lower unity. This is what we're reminding ourselves of. This level of Amuna is when we say Baruch Shem Kvod Mechuslan What does it mean, Baruch Shem? Blessed be the honor of Hashem's kingdom. A kingdom means there's a king, Maskim, but there's also uh, the population. What type of king is it without a population? Guy's walking around in the middle of the desert. He's a king. No, there's nothing there. He needs a, he needs a people. So the people, so in a certain sense, when you have a, a king and a nation, who's, who's, uh, who needs who? Well, they both need each other, right? The people need a king, but the king also needs a people because if there's no people, there's no king either. That's cool looking at God. He's the God of other gods. What are these other gods? Us. <laughs> We're the other gods. Just Hashem is the God of other gods. But then there's a higher level of, of, of Amuna, which is called Yehudilah. Yehudilah means a higher unity. A higher unity is, is, is a concept that only, it's only by Yidin. And again, only, Mamish, it's just a minute. I'm only going to mention this now, but Hashem tomorrow will continue and we'll tie it, we'll tie it together with Negel Vasar. Yehudilah means, well, there is a Zerubanisham. It's not the Zerubanisham created us and, uh, and uh, he watches over us and there's this relationship back and forth. We give to each other and we both need each other. Yehudilah means Shema Yisrael Hashem Elkin Hashem Echad. All there is is the Rabbani Shalom. Everything else is a part of his world. We're all just a part of his world. And the Rabbani Shalom stopped, stopped sustaining us. It's not the Peshad like we just wouldn't have the energy to get out of bed. There would be no us. There's nothing. There is absolutely nothing without the Rabbani Shalom. And so that's called a higher unity, which is specifically Yiddish. It's specifically Jewish. Such a level of Amuna. Bez Hashem, tomorrow we'll, 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 we'll talk a little bit more about this higher level of, of Amuna and how they integrate and, uh, and how that connects with Negel Vasser and Amal Chakadosh. Okay, so I guess uh, stay tuned.